the Women's Front, the internationalist podcast from the heart of the revolution. Hello everybody and welcome back to our podcast Chai at the Women's Front. It's me again, Judy. And today we have a very special episode because uh, one, we have a special guest. And uh, the other thing is that we also went to a special place today to record our episode. The topic of today's episode is culture and identity, since we are internationalists uh, that came to the Middle East, um, joining the revolution here. We thought about um, yeah, expressing our thoughts on uh, what actually identity means, um, what is our culture, uh, how uh, do we see our culture uh, now uh, coming here to, to the Middle East also, uh, because of being confronted with a uh, different, very different culture also. And uh, yeah, in this way, uh, so uh, we chose uh, also a special place today for our episode. And uh, this is the internationalist commune of uh, Rojava. Uh, it's a very special place actually, uh, because uh, a lot of internationalists from all around the world are coming here to this commune uh, to organize themselves and uh, support or also learn from the revolution here. Uh, so we thought uh, for today's episode, this would actually be a really nice place uh, to go to. Uh, yeah, and uh, also uh, Gulan is with us. Uh, Gulan is currently uh, staying at the Internationalist Commune. Rajabash. Yep, that's her. <laughs> and uh, okay, then yeah, I think we can start right away. So like I said, uh, our friend Lara is also with us. Lara is also a young uh, woman that came from Europe to uh, Rojava and uh, she is currently working with the women's, uh, with the women's movement uh, in the society works. And uh, Lara will uh, today uh, also tell us her thoughts on culture and identity uh, coming from uh, Germany yeah yeah thank you so much for being here thanks for the invitation i'm really happy to be able to speak with you okay so uh we thought uh, that you maybe like can explain at first uh why did you uh, come here why did you come to rojava and uh, especially for like uh, the topic of culture and identity what uh, did it make with you like um what thoughts uh, do you have on it or maybe how were you seeing identity and culture before coming here and uh, how do you see it now? So, um, my name is Lara, I come from Germany and back in Germany I was part of the left movement, like I was in some Antifa groups or feminist groups and actually like I always I always felt that there's something missing, like I really identified myself with um, revolutionary struggles and of course therefore I was participating in, in local politics but a lot of times like yeah I, I had many contradictions and for a long time I thought it's normal it's like this and there's no no other solution uh, but then I got to know the Kurdish movement and actually I was really impressed 
Like I remember joining the first Kurdish demonstrations in Germany and what I was most impressed by was really that it was the, the Kurdish population on the streets. So there were children, there were old mothers, there were elder people. And it was not like those left radical demonstrations where there was just like young people all like with black clothes. So I was really much impressed by this. And this is um, when I learned more about the Kurdish struggle and then, of course, also about the revolution in Rojava. Um, after the Afrin war, I decided to come here because I saw it as my responsibility also to to first to learn from the women's revolution, but also like to yeah to to make my own struggle because I really saw how liberalism oppressed our identities as women, and so I really wanted to learn and to struggle here, and this is why why I came to Rojava. Mm. Okay, so um. Now coming coming to Rojava, um, or actually coming to the Middle East in general, uh, I think this is like the point where you like really get confronted <laughs> with your identity yes. and uh, and your culture. And uh, I have to say for myself, uh, I realized that I actually don't know my culture so well. Exactly. And uh, connected to this also, not knowing my history so well. Uh, because uh, in the Kurdish movement, uh, it's uh, it's taught like this, that uh, if you want to know yourself, you have to know the history of uh, the country that you come from, know, know the struggles uh, that uh, have been there, and also know your culture. And... Uh, when I was discussing this topic with friends here, I realized that actually my knowledge is really, really superficial and only the stuff that we learned in school is, is not the whole thing. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I started some research, but uh, I think like you, never, you can never end this, uh, this research really. But also, I think um, being in the society here uh, is actually like the, the best school because um, then you really get confronted with uh, with the topic of culture. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, that that was really interesting for me. And uh, when I was uh, when I was coming new here, uh, I had the situation that uh, I was uh, home alone at at our apartment, uh, and there were Kurdish friends coming over, and uh, I wanted to make chai for them because that's like, uh, you know, the culture. And uh, the chai was not ready, so I just put like uh, fruit on the table because I thought they can eat fruit until the chai is ready. Then the chai was ready really fast and I put the chai also on the table. So there was fruit and chai on the table both. And they just looked at me as if I'm like, I don't know, as if I'm like really weird. And they were asking me, well, is this your culture? Is this how you do it? <laughs> and I was really confused. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I asked, I was like, why? What's wrong? <laughs> and they were like, well, we drink our chai and afterwards we eat the fruit because one is hot and one is cold. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, I mean, I was used to just like, you know, um, put everything together. Uh, and then and then I realized like this, you know, I mean, obviously culture is not only food and clothes and stuff like this, uh, but that's also like a, a part of it. And uh, I realized that, 
yeah, I I did not know so much about the about the culture here, but also not so much about the actual culture uh, in my country back home in Europe. Uh, and yeah, that was actually like really the turning point for me, thinking of like what actually is our culture. So yeah. Um, it's really nice that you talked about this because I can like I can really also see myself in situations <laughs> like this. So <clears throat> maybe I want to start about how it was when I came to Rojava. So I also had like a lot of these um, moments where the friends from the women's movement, but also the the people from the society, asked me like, "Ah, oh, what is your culture?" And actually, it was for me really really hard to say because I think. Also, being from Germany, it's a, like kind of a special situation. Like in the leftist movement in Germany, there's somehow this narrative that like, yeah, you don't identify with your own culture. Like mm -hmm. it's nothing like widely spoken. And there are even some narratives who say, okay, culture does not exist or should not exist. So actually back in Germany, I was never like thinking about culture. I always saw it like, yeah, it's like what like nationalist people something do like, like something backwards mm -hmm. and so for example um when when i went into into families and here what you have is because it's a muslim area you have the eid so it's like uh, the muslim holidays they were also really curious in asking us oh, how do you celebrate eid how it is and then i always thought like okay i'm really not so religious like i told them about christmas and how we celebrate but like I, I could not see so many, so much stuff I could tell him. And so I think what happens to every internationalist person who comes to Rojava is really being confronted with your own culture. Yeah. And this is when, for me, I really started to make research and I really asked myself, what is my culture? And I think for a long time, I rejected a lot, which I thought, as you said, oh, this is maybe backwards, but actually it's not. Mm. And actually, when you look on the culture, um, there's so much culture which unfortunately to capitalism is really becoming weak uh, in my home country, but which comes from so, so long ago and which has nothing to do with, I don't know, like even not with Christian religion, like it's really older, like really old traditions. And so I tried to, to read about them and then, yeah, also um, to be confronted with the culture here made me really understand how much of our social values got attacked in mm. Germany. So I think the biggest um, the biggest thing I'm thinking about is how individualism is spread in, in our societies. Like this is what I understand most and I want to tell you a short, um, a short anecdote which I think shows it really well. So, you know, in Germany we are used when you become sick that it's really good to stay alone in a calm place. And I remember living together with some friends And one of my friends, she was sick and all of the other friends were around her. Like it was really a weird picture for me. So two friends were like giving her head massage. Then there was three <laughs> friends sitting next to her, like covering her with beds. And it was like really this crowd bunch of young women around this um, sick friend. And so I told them like, hey, I think she needs calmness. Please, please go out. <laughs> and then afterwards they came to me and say, um, Lara, this was really bad what you did. I mean, she's sick. We don't leave sick people alone. Yeah. <laughs> And this was just like one moment where I realized that um, what collectivism means. Like, this is really just an example. But really, that, like, here... And I don't think that this is necessarily bound to the revolutionary culture. I think it's really the culture from the people. Like, it's a Middle Eastern culture, no? Mm -hmm. Like, 
to to not leave people alone to to really live collectively and especially if someone is sick if someone needs something that uh, you're staying with them and so i was thinking a lot about um how this individualism um is is spread among us and i also saw other internationalist um people who came here and who said at the beginning it was quite hard for them to never be alone because they were so used to this and for me it was the same but actually i have to admit that now in the house where i live my flatmates they went and i was one whole day i was alone and i feel so awkward i feel so (laughs) weird really i i unlearned to be alone Mm-hmm. But really, now I can really see the yeah the beauty in this because whatever you do, like if it's the cleaning, if it's making food, if it's like discussing, you live a collective life, and I see so much beauty in this. And I have to say that a lot of stress, a lot of problems that I had back like in Germany, are solved in this way because you never have to deal it on your own. You can always discuss it with people. Yeah. And I also see it in the families like this. Of course, sometimes it's a little bit like maybe too hard and for example the younger generation they wish to have a little bit more privacy but i think this is quite a normal process mm. and yeah so i got really much reflection about wh- what is my culture actually and what is uh, individualism what is collectivism i really thought a lot about this after being here yeah maybe some people they will now scream from germany if you say like oh i have to have to think about my culture and what my culture is and so on. I think at this point we have to make like um, differences between uh, to know your history as a mind, as an ideological mind, uh, because in history there are a lot of things that are happening and they happened and they influenced our personalities and a lot of things that influenced the society and a lot of things that happened uh, in the back and uh, in the past and now they're like influencing uh, the people around uh, around the societies different societies also like liberalism and capitalism has has their culture and their their history and this is important to know about uh, your own your own culture and culture doesn't mean like nationalism and to know the culture from the state system it's it's more about to know like the culture of society the for example also resistance of society and uh, from society and so on this is really important and also we discussed uh, today uh, it's really funny because we discussed like with one friend uh, from Belgium uh, about this communal life and individual life and this private privacy and so on. And it's really interesting because uh, we we think we think sometimes um, that a lot of things who like put it in our mind in in our brain from liberal liberalism is something uh, we need. For example, to be alone like for hours and so on and so mm-hmm. but this is nothing natural and this is nothing natural and uh, for example there are a lot of uh, people they, when they come when they uh, arrived for example to the commune first firstly they say like i know i need i need this privacy and i need my my private uh, time and so on but uh, like uh, well, uh, lana also said you, know, you can learn learn to live communal and you don't need it if you're not like getting used to something and this is like a process it's a process and it's really important for for us to understand there are things that that has nothing to do with freedom or nothing to do with uh, this is not a must-have 
in in exactly. uh, in in freedom or must have uh, on human being. It's something you learned, and uh, it's something which came uh, came with came up with liberal culture with liberalism and. This is important because if you go back then to, to your culture, your own culture, and if you reflect your history, then you will know that this is nothing, uh, nothing for example, uh, this has nothing to do with, with, uh, with the culture of Europe or Germany or whatever. And in, uh, you can say this for, for uh, every country in Europe also. This is something we came up with, with liberalism and uh, this is nothing and nothing backward uh, it's exactly it's it's obviously something uh, really 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 uh, uh, it's, it's, it's something you can like learn from you can like go forward with uh, and uh, this is like not only the uh, not only like giving you power this is not only empowering uh, this is also like to 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 be like human actually and uh, you to be human and to understand what 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 life is uh, in the end because if you not be used to to live in on a communal way and also we discussed uh, on this point the for example they will like this question coming up to that some people will say okay but sometimes you need like time for yourself like i don't know one hour or whatever you need time to reflect to think and so on yes but communal life and for example to live together or to be on a place together doesn't mean that you have bistucharsa 24 hours discussions with each other or you're like uh, uh, i don't know you're like affecting a person like with doing things and uh, like you're talking non-stop with this person or something like this. no this is like behavior of people they didn't learn to live communal the 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 way of communal life is you can stay in 10 uh, uh, like in in one small place but if you know to live communal then you will like give if if someone is like learning, for example, or some someone is reading, then you 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 re realize this, you and you will not space. go and yeah. interrupt this person by reading if it's not important because you feel each other, mm -hmm. and a lot of things is is about feeling each other exactly. and to understanding <clears throat> common life, and this is uh, really interesting because we discussed this today in the commune, and this is why I wanted to give this also. I really agree with what uh, Gulan said, like really I can see myself in this also. And I want to add something, So, and this is also actually the analysis of the movement. So when I started to, to analyze uh, what does culture mean, and uh, when I say culture I mostly refer to actually values, lived values in society, I see that there are communal values in our society back in Europe. There are a lot. But what capitalism is doing, it's attacking exactly those values. And um, like here in, in Middle Eastern cultures, in the culture of, of Rojava, or in the society of Rojava, you can really see how these values are lived. So I just want to give some examples, like hospitality is really, really a huge value. So wherever you will go, people they will invite you they will give you food they will give you water and it's such a beautiful thing and now after having seen this culture i was like wow like uh, it, i don't know 
it's something so beautiful. How could we live before <laughs> in a different way? And yes, but I also know it from from my home. So I'm I grew up in a village, and there it was also completely normal that as a mm. child you go into other houses and you get food. But I think what happens with capitalism is really to promote this individual life, and this is why this collective values are destroyed. So what I want to say is. Um, I don't say there is no culture left in, in Germany, no, this would not, not at all be accurate. There is, and there are really a lot of values still lived in the society, but I think what me as a person did a mistake in my life when I was in Germany, that I misunderstood um, something. So I thought that, I don't know, as an anarchist or as a revolutionary, I need to reject society. But this is like the biggest mistake someone can do, you know? It's actually the opposite. It's the opposite. We need to find values in society. We need to find, hey, where is self-organization done in societies? And a lot of people who are really like out of personal motivation, like out of like, yeah, just want to be good humans and care for their surroundings, there are, you can find a lot of people. But what me and my surrounding back in Germany did for a lot of time, we thought, oh, look, they're backwards. Like, come on, they are like, I don't know. I myself am from Bavaria, so <laughs> a lot of um, cultural things that I saw in Bavarian culture is really you have a lot of people who are really engaged and really want to organize in their villages. But then there are really some arrogant leftist people who say, oh, they're really backward. You come on, they're not revolutionary because maybe they use the wrong language. And this is so wrong mm. because the place where the values are still live, you can find among those peoples. And this I really saw in Rojava. This is what I understood here. When I came here and I saw how the society is living together, like really here in the villages, for example, when there is um, a birth, a death or someone is sick, really the whole village comes together. When they're building a new house, they're all coming together and help together. And it's really so, yeah, it's really beautiful to see how these values are and also how the movement tries to protect those values. So I think what is the difference between revolutionary struggles in Rojava and maybe in Germany, that in Rojava, the movement here is protecting and promoting the values which are in society. But what we should do, for example, in Germany is to keep alive and really like dig out the rests of places where those values are still living because they are yeah. i will never accept when someone says ah oh, there is not at all some social values in the society back in germany really i think it's a wrong analysis but um i think here it's more to to yeah to promote to make them to keep them alive and in germany it's more okay we really need to make them grow we need to build up those values again And I think one of the biggest achievements of the um, revolution in Rojava is the immaterial values. Mm. You know, like to yeah, create immaterial values. Yeah. I think mostly the, the people uh, coming to Rojava, uh, I'm agree with you all like, uh, so firstly that the methods we use for revolutionary process, they are actually wrong. and. At this point, I'm agree because a lot of people they they like expect a revolutionary society, but you are the revolutionary. What is your job then? I'm asking myself. Yeah, if if there were a revolutionary society, then we didn't have to talk about 
revolution, then we didn't have to fight anymore. Yeah. And understanding revolution on the right way is really important because a lot of people, they have like a topic and really far away thinking and views on revolution. But ex in, a, in real life revolution in, in, in society is a process. And this process, you can only uh, and this process can only like work and they can only be a process if you give efforts to the people and they are some sometimes they're wrong maybe with with their language with their uh, thoughts and so on but in the end the the, the role and the mission uh, in uh, of people who have like uh, different knowledge about revolution about to have a better life or to build up a better life the mission of this people uh, in the past it was also like this is to give this out to to the society and then there is like a dialectic between knowledge between uh any between knowledge and also between like uh, revolutionary movement revolutionary personalities and uh, and the society and it's not like this thinking on elite to be elite and to 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 say to the people what they have to do and like make a church about about people and be, uh, be like uh, the law giving out uh, uh, like institution or something like this. No, it's more about if you have uh, if you have ab about something, if you have a knowledge about something, if you think you know something better, uh, then you have to discuss about this. Then you have to convince the people, and if you can convince the people, then the revolutionary process will start. And this is how like the revolution in, in uh, not only Rojava, uh, everywhere in Kurdistan is like uh, growing and uh, growed up because the people, for example, Serokati, Yane Abdullah Öcalan, one moment he started to understand, to understand that there is a problem, that there is uh, colonized society colonized place colonized country and then he started to 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 say okay there is something wrong and i know it now i have to make practice i don't have a ch other choice yani it's my responsibility to work on this and to give efforts and if i'm not doing then i'm a traitor to my own beliefs and this is something for example something who's like a lot of um, a lot of pr um, lot of people of you all have problems with is like to to have a balance between theory and and uh, theory and practice and this is also connected to uh, to to the attacks on cultural things uh, in society because like Havalala uh, said there is this this values they, they are taking the values and what what are for example what is one of values is like uh, to be honest for example exactly. and to act if you see something yes. wrong and there there is no need for rules for example yes. everybody knows the situation in switzerland when when they make the they they have like this rule uh, to you have to act if so, someone is like in in a uh, 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 in a situation dangerous in a yeah, danger exactly. situation and there is this law <laughs> there is this, this this rule this that the people they have to react but this isn't something normally normally this is like a human uh, reflect on, on yeah. uh, reflects on on things, but how it is possible that this is like uh, not anymore? Uh, ab and yeah. how is this possible this, that this is not able anymore? Yeah. And that this has to make a law for yeah. it. Eddie, and this is like really really important to discuss about.
I I really like what you said, uh, Gulan, and I really would like to talk more about what is a revolution, a revolutionary society, and what are our tasks as revolutionary and in the framework of culture. So, um, for people who come to Rojava, you will really soon see how how the people in the society are really bound to the achievements of the revolution, and the. I got the most impressed of how the society here is bound to the Shahids, to the uh, fallen people. And I want to give you um, two examples. So I was talking about this um, Muslim holidays before. So um, whenever there is a, a holiday, all the people really, really early in the morning, like five o'clock, they go out from their houses and you all go to the Shahidlik, which is the cemeteries for the fallen friends, like the friends who, who lost their lives in the struggle. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere when the sun is rising and really all the people come together in the cemetery. And it's like really to start the day in the memory of the Shahids. Mm. And you can really see how the society never forgets the fallen ones. And it's such a beautiful connection um, between them. And the second um, example I want to give, um, I think it's beautiful to... Um, Yeah, as an example, how an ethical political society is working. This is the term that Abdullah Öcalan is using. So, um, as you know, Rojava is organized in communes. So it's the small, the smallest, uh, yeah, organizing. It's the base the of the, yeah, the smallest cell of this political system. And there was once uh, a commune and they had a communal car. It was a normal car. And there was one young man uh, taking care of this car, but he did not take care at all. Like he did not bring it to, uh, to fix the car. It was really dirty all the time. Mm. And on one day, this young man with this car, he wanted to leave the village and the, the shape of the car or the situation of the car was really bad. And so one of the villagers who was also organized in the commune stood in front of the way and said, stop <laughs> and said, look, all our life, that we built up in this revolution, we did with the great effort of the Shahids of the Fallen One. So this car that you're driving, we also, we got it from our collective money from the commune. It's also you know, due to the effort of the Shahids. And your approach to this car is really wrong. So I want you to give me the key. And then later you can come and discuss with us in the, in the um, commune space about how it is to respect values. And so the young friend did not have any chance just to give <laughs> the key to this, to this man. And this man had, did not have any important task. It was not the half-sadok of the village, like not the, the co-chair of the village council. But you see like how an ethical political society works. You don't need a law. People feel themselves responsible for the values. So for me, this was an amazing example how it's working. And how also like the society are bound is bound to to culture and to to values like the shahids, and the other one uh, what I wanted to add to Gulan's speech is um, our tasks as revolutionaries here and how it is seen by the uh, by the movement is that we need to lift the burden of capitalism and patriarchy from the society. So it's not that revolutionaries are kind of playing God and constructing some society from upstairs and we are like, I don't know, liberated from all the bad stuff. No, it's really about the society itself needs to organize itself and the society knows about their needs. But of course you need education, you need like 
you need to make the society like to lift them to to a level where they can organize themselves so the tasks as for revolutionaries is really to lift the burden of capitalism and patriarchy and this is what i see as kind of a new definition of revolution also what i see it's different than from other revolutions like the uh, real socialist revolutions for example and so um yeah to have an ethical political society where there's culture namely values inside is like one of the main things that you need to to build a revolution and i found this really fantastic for me it was really a new understanding of revo what how how what does revolution mean and so yeah and, and yeah i connected it to this to this culture which i saw here in the society yeah I think also, uh, now that you said it, like what's really important and what I also like learned from here is um, that like we consider ourselves as revolutionaries, but it's really important to to not like build the you know the self uh, the picture of ourselves that we will like construct the revolution or that we will like you know come and and be the ones that are. Uh, telling people how, how to live correctly. Uh, yani the what in the Kurdish movement is done anyways is that like the the highest priority is the society. And uh, that's also why like uh, the goal is that the society is uh, is organizing itself and that everybody has also to live according to the values uh, of the society. And anyways, as an internationalist, I mean, it would be like really, really orientalistic approach also if you would come and be like, hey, we know, we know how it's going. It's actually, Drink <laughs> it's actually the opposite, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, really coming here made me realize that we are the ones who are learning from the society, exactly. especially in the topic of culture. Yeah. Uh, you, like now we mostly also talked about uh, communal life and stuff like this uh, this is like um, one of the most important things also that I for myself can say I learned here uh, like uh, how how different you can live it and how you can actually live it because you know in Europe there's all this talk about like communal life and whatever but like how to actually live it and also not only in like a small bubble in like I don't know your uh, your house project or whatever or like with your friends but like with this, the whole society actually so um, yeah I think uh, to conclude it uh, as an internationalist coming to Rojava uh, really means to actually learn what does culture mean and I think it's also really important to realize that there's like a, a human culture the, a culture of humanity exactly. which brings all the different uh, ethnicities ethnicities and uh, nation nationalities and whatever brings all uh, brings all together uh, and that is actually what also the Kurdish movement is trying uh, to build up uh, the with the revolutionary culture that this is actually the culture of of people the the people's culture if you want to call it like this uh, yeah 
I think we talked about like identity and culture and I think uh, also Lara has said before when she came here and she arrived she had like a lot of confrontation with with own culture identity and so on I think it's also important to see the point a lot of friends when they arrived they had like um, prejudice prejudice and uh, a lot of prejudice uh, about the culture the society and they were actually really really closed to 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 learn new things and everything uh, the society or someone said to them it was like uh, like an attack to themselves like an attack to the the freedom and so on and this shows also how uh, dogmatism is also a problem in in the society uh, uh, in 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 the people's mind and I think it's important to to talk about this because uh, like we discussed we had this discussion about uh, the writings of Fanon also it's important to understand uh, you can't lose something you can't lose something you have a lot of to you have a lot of to learn you have a lot to learn from new societies from new cultures and so on and if you're not like if if you don't have like uh, a culture identity then you're really really scared and afraid of new things and to be, you're not able to, to take part in new things, for example. But this is something really normal. If you came to Middle East and if you came to a new place, that there's a different culture, that there's a different, uh, different way of, of living, actually. Uh, and I think it, a big problem is, and the people they, they never faced before, is like really dogmatism. They, uh, for example, a lot of young people they think they, they're not dogmatic they, they don't have like dogmatic behaviors and so on and they're really really open and they're like creative and open for new things and and so on but the reality shows the reality shows that a lot of people have like dogmatic behaviors and they're not really, really open for new things and i think this is uh, actually a really important thing we have to discuss and we have to think about why it's like this and I think this has also a lot of to do with culture and identity and not to be like uh, like you don't you don't uh, you're not uh, you're not like in your culture and actually you don't have like uh, really, uh, you, you, you're not close to your culture, your identity. I think this is one side. The other side is uh, of the same topic that we, like Fanon said, that we don't need a new Europe, for example, uh, in Middle East. Because a lot of people, like you said before, they came to, to the Middle East, to, to country in Middle East, like Kurdistan, like Rojava, and they try to, they think everything they know they lived and they used to is right and everybody has to live like this this is also connected to this dogmatic behavior that everybody has to uh, live like them or accept everything or every behavior and so on and so on and this is also really funny actually because this is like something uh, connected to orientalism to positivism and so on to liberal uh, lifestyle also and we have to learn to to and to uh, reflect, to realize that our identity, there is a lot of, uh, it's a lot of affected from liberalism and shaped by liberalism. 
and this is also a discussion maybe we can make in another episode also but on the other hand it's important to to see also the efforts of of the friends who are coming to rojava a lot of friends they gave a lot of efforts for the, to this revolution some of them they fall shade they give gave their lives for this revolution and uh the people they value and it's not like uh, the society is not seeing this or like not valuing this uh, everybody in the society knows that there are people they're caring and they're coming from all over the world to fight uh, shoulder by shoulder with, with the people here and this is something uh, everybody knows in uh, in Kurdistan and everybody is like value this and this efforts uh, they shaped also ga gave a form to this revolution and this is why the revolution in Rojava is also internationalist uh, revolution and I think this is a big big part and important topic thank you so much for this Gulan uh, really this was yeah, actually, really nice uh, statement. I think our time uh, came a little bit uh, close, so I would just make a short, uh, yeah, tr sum up my thoughts um, out of our discussion. So um, I think as revolutionaries, we really need to do research on our culture and identity. Like we really, we need to get to know ourselves. And it might sound a little bit weird for people to say, okay, I, I came to Kurdistan from Germany, but here I really got to know myself. But it's really like this, and it's for a lot of internationalist people. Yeah, true. And especially um, I want to make focus on women's identity, like the identity of women that got attacked through, through history from so many sides. And so I think as women, we also need to, need to analyze our history of women's identity. And therefore, I just want to mention genealogy, which is the science of women and life, which is developed from the revolution. And it's really for, yeah, for all women in the world to to give tools to them to to analyze really uh, women's identity and women's culture and i think the last thing what is really important about culture and values is really that we need to oppose liberalism we need to oppose liberal attacks on our societies liberal attacks on our values and really really believe in 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 human values in values of humanity and it's not based and uh, not bound to any ethnicity and like really i understood internationalism from the kurdish and arab people here like whenever they talk they're talking for all humanity and they were even criticizing us when saying yeah the uh, kurdish revolution i said no it's not kurdish revolution stop saying this it's like an internationalist revolution and um, so, yeah, this is what, what I can give as a message, like get to know yourself, analyze your, your identity, your culture, and really try to protect and live, uh, yeah, our values, the values for humanity. I absolutely join uh, this thought, uh, especially uh, understanding the revolution of Rojava as an internationalist revolution because the... Uh, the values of humanity get protected actually and that's also uh, i mean we've heard a lot like the slogan of uh, uh, protecting the revolution of rojava means protecting humanity and that is exactly the reason why yes. because it is protecting the the values of humanity uh, yeah and i think we we all have to like find back to this actually uh, also by deciphering uh, deciphering the the unculture of capitalism actually because you cannot even call it a culture exactly. uh, so yeah 
coming uh, coming here, coming to the Middle East, uh, coming to Rojava especially, um, made me made me realize like how much we have actually lost our culture or forgotten about it. So um, yeah, that, that was definitely like a a lesson. Uh, yeah. Okay. So as you said, uh, our time is <laughs> is over. Actually, we're running out of out of time. The time's up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we want to uh, thank everybody for listening. I hope, uh, well, some new thoughts came to your mind uh, while listening to us chatting and discussing with each other and having chai <laughs> and having chai. And we actually had cake also this time. <laughs> because made by Gulan. She made a really nice. Cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the friends from the internationals commune are really. Uh, how do you say? And they, they have the value of hospitality like they really exactly they, really <laughs> they, they are they are living the this culture <laughs> and they are making the avant-garde for defending these uh, these values <laughs> so yeah and also uh thanks a lot to laura that you joined our podcast today thank you it was really nice to be here like thank you so much yeah we enjoyed it a lot um all right then i think uh so today uh, like i said we we also got to know the friends from the internationalist commune <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that we will come back and maybe make some uh, some cakes. <laughs> more cakes <laughs> and more, more episodes. and more episodes and more chai uh yeah all right then uh thanks a lot and see you or hear you in the next episode bye 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 bye, bye.